0: Broadcast system. Hello, and welcome to the 212th Annual Subliminal Session Podcast, your weekly dose of Conspiracy Theory. Bullshit, my name is Cody. I'm pal, Phil. How are you?
1: Doing good, buddy. How about yourself?
0: Not doing too bad. Another awesome week. Um, I wanted to ask, I know you brought it up last week, about uh, the Johnny Manziel documentary. Yes. So I took the time to watch it over the weekend and I gotta say I think he's an idiot. Oh oh yeah. Okay. I, I was like <laughs> I can't be the only one who thinks that and I'm just like I don't know, maybe he if he did have bipolar disorder, um you know, that I mean that could cause destructive behavior like he had, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's just it's the the crazy thing of someone who just is born with this just incredible talent, you know, but they don't like work. That's because there's a there's a lot of people who are like, you know, really, really good at sports. Um, they have incredible talent and they study their ass off. They practice, you know, constantly. They're living like, like, think of fucking, I'm, who's the best example? Uh, Tom Brady, like Tom Brady, like lives football. You know, he basically has turned himself into like, I don't know if he's like a full on vegan, but like <laughs> he quit drinking. He eats right. He has like all of these coaches to keep his, you know, body in shape. He looks younger now than he did back when he was in his 20s, that sort of thing. Johnny Menzel was the, the total opposite. Like, you got to say, though, he did fucking live his life. He lived more in that, like, two and a half, three years than most of us will, like, in our entire lives.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that is very true. Um, He's probably broke, close to broke right now, I would imagine. Uh, That's the only downfall. (laughs) Well, his parents do have that oil money. So you know, very true,
1: very true. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, it turns out Johnny Manziel's family's super rich. Oh, that's why. That's why he's courtside at the finals. Okay, I get it.
0: <laughs> um, I know that untold stories. They had three uh episodes they were releasing this month, and it was Johnny Manziel. I know there's the Florida Gators one that's coming out in a few weeks, and. Yeah. There was a third one. I couldn't remember what it was, but I'm pretty sure it popped up and it was about Jake Paul, I think. And I'm just like, oh. I can't watch this. No, I didn't watch that one either. No, I, I'm I'm not going to watch that one. Uh,
1: there was, so I, I know you probably don't watch it. There is a show that is called Dark Side of the Ring. I think they actually just had their season finale. They did it on Marty Janetti. Which ah. the stories of like Marty Janetti and Shawn Michaels when they were the Rockers <laughs> are pretty legendary. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I'm yeah. gonna watch that one.
0: Yeah, they um, they weren't good guys, right? No,
1: they were terrible human
0: beings. Yeah, absolute monstrous human beings. <laughs> yeah, not good. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, I remember listening to whoa, Marty's. Maybe it was on Crime and Sports
1: yes yeah there are there's horrific stories of things that they used to do to the uh the female fans back in the day uh basically kick them out of hotel rooms naked and like keep their clothes or you know like doing things to passed out women it's just like monstrous
0: stuff Ooh, that's not great how many how many seasons of dark side of the ring is there I think they're on, maybe, maybe they just got done with their fourth or fifth. There's been quite a few seasons. Did they do Mick Foley
1: yet? Um, God, I don't know about that. I mean, maybe he doesn't. So there's not really, he didn't really, I mean, outside the ring, he had a pretty like tame life actually outside the ring, inside the ring, you know, fucking absolute savage barbed wire, (laughs) you know barbed wire rope matches all that crap kind of the japanese death matches he was known for but outside he was like a family man so
0: so dark side of the ring is only the criminal ones not just like the injured ones um
1: yeah it's it's about the uh like the bad stuff right? okay um yeah it's not going into i mean there are ones where they kind of talk about, like companies
0: um that did bad things too. Not only wrestlers, so. I'm guessing this isn't a show that is being promoted by Vince McMahon. No, no, it's <laughs> okay. not.
1: It's, it's, a, it's on Vice. Yeah, and then ah. you can stream it, like, I think Hulu is the main place maybe you can stream it, so, or you can, you know, YouTube usually has some pirated episodes that stay up for a couple of days, I think, allegedly. Allegedly, you okay. You know where? Allegedly. I
0: wouldn't know. So. We're very honest, people, and we would never dare watch pirated TV shows or movies, ever. Oh, definitely, yeah. Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates need to get their money. Yeah. So it's about that. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what's, um, what's funny? So over the weekend, I I felt like watching like a, a horror movie that I hadn't seen, because there's a few that are out, but they're like not on any streaming platform yet. And I was looking on like the ones to rent, right? And mm-hmm. <laughs> they had one on there, uh, starring your boy Russell Crow. Um, okay. It's called The Pope's Exorcist. Now, I it has good ratings, but I just I don't know if I can do it, man. Yeah, that one just came out a few months ago. Um, I don't know
1: how well it did. I don't think movies were doing too well until the uh, Oppenheimer slash Barbie movie kind of weekend. I don't think movies were doing too well up until then. So I don't think that one did actually too well in theaters. I did see commercials for it basically all spring long. So
0: I did. Have you seen the previous for the one where like? The chick grabs the hand, the weird hand thing and has to hold on to it for so yes. long. So I really want to see that one you know, it's a bad sign when you have ads saying this is a scary movie, scariest movie they've ever seen because that usually means it's <laughs> bombed pretty hard. Um, it, if you're yeah. if you're a horror fan, the telltale signs it's not a good movie is if they say they have they have to pay people to talk talk about how scary it is. Um, or they show so, the audience yeah watching the film Ooh. rather
1: than clips from the movie yeah that's a that's a pretty bad sign
0: and then I in like the description it says gen Z brand horror movie and I'm like mm. I've seen too too many of these to know that they're all really bad. <laughs> the horror is someone
1: misgenders yeah. someone in the group <laughs> and then they have to talk about it for 45 minutes.
0: Yeah, um, I I don't know. It's just Evil Dead, the newest Evil Dead, is the only one I think that's a quote-unquote Gen Z whore that is actually pretty good because they just do the formula of Evil Dead and don't focus on anything else. They just have possessed mom, blood fucking everywhere, gore everywhere, and it's just like that is Evil Dead. Make the Evil Dead movie. Don't worry about none of the other shit. Yeah,
1: so I I don't know like what qualifies for Gen Z kind of horror movies. I don't know. Would what what? It's like it, *Heredity* and no, what no, would be no. like *Heredity* and the one that you really like about like *Finland*. Oh, uh, *Midsummer*. Like, what would those be? *Midsummer*. What would will would those be? Millennial horror? No, those Is are just regular
0: ass horror movies. Okay. To me, to me personally, those are just straight up just regular old movies. They don't they're not like being branded to one particular generation. I guess when I say Gen Z horror, it's like the horror movies being branded to that younger generation with stuff in it that might resonate with them. Like if it's they'll see them taking pictures of their food in it or like being on social media or having <laughs> iPod airs in their ears, <laughs> whatever the kids are into nowadays that is in the movie. I believe in pro wrestling. And they call that a cheap pop. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Oh,
1: look, that's just like me.
0: Yeah. I. I mean. Yeah, they did it for millennials too. I mean, we can see it when it's out there, but um, but yeah, yeah. we're just we're getting old and you know what it's just uh just how it is but um <laughs> we're just a couple of years from bitching at kids being on our lawn yeah so if yeah. i if i had a lawn i would be bitching about it but anyway <laughs> <laughs> looking out the blinds yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's hit, let's uh, let's hit it though we've been talking for a long <laughs> enough on this week's episode we will be diving into one of my personal favorite subjects a good old-fashioned American cult. Now, this particular cult seems to have been a bit forgotten as history progresses. Also due to the fact that so many other cults have such a larger notoriety. This one kind of gets buried in uh, in with the rest of them. Now, this particular cult, as we will find out, has its very own unique Kind of pitch, this little marketing thing to draw people in, and their main thing is becoming immortal. Okay. Mm. (laughs) Now, as we're going to find out through throughout the episode, this guy kind of uses methods that are eerily similar to what you might see being promoted on different social media platforms from a quote unquote self help coach. Uh, So that's kind of fascinating. You're going to see some parallels here as we go along. Now, every time I hear the word immortal, I think of you, Phil, because you talk about how awful it would be to be immortal. Absolutely terrible. You would not want it. No, you wouldn't. I mean,
1: think about every vampire movie you've ever seen. Like, they're never happy with immortality. It's It's a curse. Immortality for vampires, like... Having to eat blood, not being able to go out during the day, that's a curse. Immortality, that's the ultimate cur- curse for them. So,
0: but I mean, what if you were, fuck, I can't even think of it, but if you were like a big guy, you just ate whatever you wanted, and, uh, but you're immortal. Like your heart would never give out on you.
1: Yeah, that would be kind of cool. Uh, hopefully you would have, you know, some really good, uh, just be able to eat whatever you wanted, your metabolism, like, really, really high. Or I guess, you know, maybe you'd help out if you, like, worked out, you know, kept your body in shape. Or you could be the biggest star of, like, my 12,000-pound life. <laughs> <laughs> have to have a semi-truck drive you around.
0: I mean, let's be real here, Phil. Vanna White looks pretty happy. And I'm pretty sure she's immortal. Yeah, Nick Cage, Vanna yeah, White. Yeah, Um yeah keanu reeves maybe
1: <laughs> oh definitely keanu reeves yeah yeah there's pictures of him back in the civil War. <laughs> but keanu reeves also like you never see a picture of him smiling you know it's always like every day is very mundane for him so maybe he, he is a few hundred years old he, and it's just uh, whatever he's
0: you know? uh he's always in character that's all he's just always neo Oh possibly (laughs) I was going to say um the self-help
1: coaches that you see on like Instagram like the TikTok short videos uh they always have this weird kind of uh kind of vibe to them like oh come in close like is this that guy like are are these is this like more of a recent thing or how uh, how are they doing no What's what's their media
0: what's their media um Word of mouth, that is what it's going to be. Word of be. mouth, oh, okay. You'll see, it's very old, Uh, probably barely even telephones existing at this point. The original farm internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they probably had better methods of communicating than the fucking farm internet. But uh, <laughs> I will tell you the year here, and then you'll get an idea of where, uh, where this is at. Now, the founder okay. of this cult... We will talk about today was a man by the name of James Bernard Schaefer, presumably due to the time period. We have very little information about his younger years, how he grew up, who his parents were, nothing. We don't really know much about him. What we do know, though, is he was born in 1896 in the magnificent city of Fargo, North Dakota. And would attend the University of Michigan at some point. Additionally, he was a member of the Ku Klux Klan and a big supporter of eugenics. Phil, so he. Was- oh, okay. <laughs> Not sounds like a real fucking peach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's an interesting character. I. <laughs> That's about all you can say. Um. Do
1: you eugenics think- was a pretty big movement back in the uh, the early 20th century, so it's I mean it's not that unusual for someone to be kind of a, a supporter of eugenics movement or someone who believes in it. Uh, it was kind of like there was a lot of scientists who were jumping on board with it, especially yeah. in
0: Germany. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I feel like if you are a member of the Ku Klux Klan in the early 1900s. You probably really like eugenics, so um yeah, yep. I, <laughs> I was, <laughs> was it was this still- there's a lot
1: of favorable things in the movement for yeah, you if yeah. you're a member
0: of the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Um <laughs> Were they still the were they the Wolverines at this point? Ooh, so well
1: 1896 when he was they would have already started the Big Ten. Um, I believe Michigan was a founding member along with a few other uh, Midwestern schools. Okay. So, yeah, they would have by the time he went to Michigan, they would have been the Wolverines. Definitely. Um, I, th- I don't know if the big house had been built yet. I believe the big house was built in the 20s. So it depends on when he went there.
0: I would. I'm going to guess like probably 19, somewhere between 1915 and 1920, I would guess.
1: OK, OK. Um, the big house back then would have been the medium house cuz I believe it was well under like 50,000 seats at the time.
0: But yeah, they would have uh they would have had football at that. I don't think this guy was playing football, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I I doubt it. <laughs> As we are, I've been about to tell you what he's really into. Um I really don't okay. think he played football at all. Now yeah. during
1: I, uh, during his time Oh, I was going to say during his time in college Everyone would have been off to war. So probably not a football team.
0: No. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Very, very true. Now, at the University of Michigan, he would eventually go on to earn some sort of medical degree. We don't really know what type. Um, I guess during this time, it was kind of vague. You could just have a medical degree. It doesn't sound like he was a doctor or anything. But what he was super into, like he was really, really into this, was the study of metaphysics. Now, metaphysics is considered to be a branch of philosophy along with epistemology, logic, and ethics. Metaphysics focuses on the study of the fundamental nature of reality, which includes the first principles of being our existence, identity, change, space and time, cause and effect, necessity, actuality, and possibility. So, you know, this guy's fucking annoying. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Not someone you would
1: want to like sit next to at a bar or, no. you know, meet in a book club or anything like that. uh Yeah. I'm guessing he doesn't get very many second dates from chicks. Uh, I actually took a metaphysics class when I was at Northern Iowa. And I may have fallen asleep in that class more <laughs> times than any other class. I do believe I failed it.
0: Ah, not a big philosophy guy, huh?
1: No, that was my only. Ph- I, I had to take one philosophy class while I was there. I picked that one. Didn't know what metaphysics meant. Uh, honestly, you just read me that. Still had no idea what <laughs> metaphysics was, even though I took a whole semester of it.
0: Um, I I never took physics in school. Or I'm sorry philosophy in school um i shouldn't say it kind of annoys me but it kind of does even though i get it's very important i can remember an ex-girlfriend of mine was in a philosophy class and i remember i was just helping her with something and like it seemed like they're trying to the kids were trying to find meaning in things that i think didn't necessarily have a meaning like they were literally the assignment was to watch all these movies or watch, pick one of them and, like, decipher the secret meaning of this movie. And I'm like, it's just a movie. I There's, like, I don't know if you have to think about it that deep. The best bullshit
1: artist gets an A. Though oh. I would say, uh, I've heard this theory maybe five or six months ago. I would definitely nowadays pick Fight Club. And uh, the idea that no one in that movie is real. He actually still has his shitty job and uh, the fight club doesn't exist. I would actually write the whole paper on It'd be okay.
0: great. All right. Yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, if he has a multiple personality disorder, your whole world's kind of, you don't know what's real and what's not. Yeah. Well, that's the theory is Brad Pitt's not
1: real. Also... Uh, the, his girlfriend isn't real either.
0: Okay. Interesting. I haven't watched it in a long time. I just, I always remember big titted Bob. Was that his name? Big titty Bob, big tit Bob. Played by Meatloaf. Yeah. Yeah. Meatloaf. Rest in peace Meatloaf. Um, anyway, continue on here. Now, the thing about this, I want everybody to keep in mind is the cult was, I don't want to say secret. It wasn't well known until a big event happened much later, and then they kind of backtracked and kind of tried to piece together what was going on here. So the origins of how this all started with Schaefer, we don't know. All we do know is that James Schaefer would create a religious group known as, this is the real title, the Royal Fraternity of Master (laughs) Metaphysicians, sometime in the 1920s (laughs) you know they fucked yeah definitely yeah yeah (laughs) oh yeah they've every woman has achieved orgasm with every member of this group now like i said after the news kind of broke of the cult time magazine must have did a scoop on it or something and this is how they described the royal fraternity of master metaphysicians as quote a theological goulash of rosicrucianism, christian science, christianity, supermind science, faith healing and how to win friends and influence people. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> So basically it's a group for uh
0: christian nerds. Yeah. Kind of. Deal. Yeah, science nerds. <laughs> uh, I I lot Yeah. I got to say the like old school very subtle roasting that they would do with people I think it's just funny like they're just they're just they're hitting them right in the gut with it um, with this sentence here you know Time Magazine I think's lost their edge a little bit I don't even know if people even <laughs> read it anymore but whoever wrote this article good job sir
1: oh yeah they definitely pulled out their fucking thesaurus for this one just uh, I don't a theological goulash. You think of <laughs> goulash? Well, maybe it was a very popular, like a new dish back then
0: that they were.
1: It's you old. Know, still- obviously, goulash is like a mishmash of things.
0: So. Yeah, it's um German-Hungarian. It's a one of those dishes. So, I imagine mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh you know Scandinavians around the country around this time, and it yeah, just goulash has-
1: was a pretty big, uh, pretty big dish where we grew up. So,
0: yeah, just. I love goulash. My dad's goulash is fucking good. Mm, So good. I was going to say for as far as self-help
1: books go, the book How to Win Friends and Influence People, I doubt that it has ever helped out anyone. It's one of those books where someone who says like they've read it, you can tell that they've read it because they're just it didn't help them at all. (laughs) They just have no charisma, no nothing. No extra.
0: (laughs) So actually, it's funny. I'm Pretty sure it's that book. But the guy I was initially going to do this episode about was the author of that book, um, mm. which is one of the OG con men. And uh, a lot of people, as far as I brief reading on it, a lot of like the new age self help cult people, scam artists, take stuff out of that book, make their own book, um, like The Secret. Uh, what's the other big one, Tim Robbins Ooh. or Tony Robbins?
1: There's uh there's one big one that's called there's it's like a whole series of book. Like one's called Power, another one's called uh, basically just like it, the books are about like manipulating people. Yeah, That's kind of how it yeah. is. Figuring out um, there's like cl- like grouping certain people together and like kind of like not classes as much as like. There's certain groups of people and you like can manipulate each group in a different way. Like the most important thing is like figuring out like what kind of person this is, what kind of person you are, and how best to, you know, manipulate and influence others.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's um I don't know. It just seems like a guidebook for <laughs> getting Sociogas. money out, yes. Yeah. Getting money out of people. I feel like you can I mean, I don't it's hard to say that I feel like for me personally, you should understand who you're dealing with and their personality no matter what. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you should know the type of people you can say stuff to and the type of people you can't say things to or how you need to say it or I don't know maybe I'm talking on my ass uh the
1: I still go by the philosophy of us uh, Stone- and don't trust anybody. So just assume, assume anyone's trying to fuck you over, you know, do the little, uh, my favorite thing is to, um, give people like just a little bit of, uh, you know, feed them a little bit and see what comes out the pipes. So say, you know, make up three things about yourself, tell three different people, like, you know, each one of those things, and then see kind of like what rolls out. Basically, (laughs) what does everyone talk about you? you know, later on, so that you know, like, who talks about you behind your back, <laughs> that sort of thing.
0: I can tell, sir, you have read How to Win Friends and Influence People. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, just a master of making friends.
0: Maybe one day you become an all-powerful yogi on Instagram and uh, get a lot of money, full. Possibly. I got to <laughs> get my TikTok game up, apparently. <laughs> now, most of the core beliefs of the cult were that Schaefer had the knowledge needed for one to obtain immortality. One of the first things you must do on your path to immortality is to begin to eat the what Schaefer called the Eternity Diet. Okay, sounds delicious. <laughs> what this mm-hmm. was is each week Schaefer would give a vegetarian dietary guideline on what the followers could eat. If one wanted to become a mortal, they could no longer eat meat, couldn't drink coffee, couldn't smoke tobacco, couldn't drink alcohol, and they could not have any spices on their food nor use any condiments. So you are basically eating the Tom Brady... Plain, bland vegetable diet. Oh, yeah. You're
1: eating your salad, carrots, just, yeah, nothing, uh, no spice of life, anything. So
0: it's weird that like cows and horses die of natural causes since they pretty much eat that's their diet. Yeah, that's their diet. So I did see something, ironically enough, that it was a news story. About is kind of an influencer person and her big thing was eating like all raw, um, basically in their purest form, vegetables and stuff. And after I think like 10 years, they died of malnutrition. So yeah, you lose (laughs) out on a lot of
1: vitamins by just eating plants. So yeah,
0: or if you choose to do that, just make sure you're taking the vitamins for what you're missing in your body. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, Vitam- vitamins and minerals. Yeah. yeah, pretty big. I know a big
1: one is a lot of vegetarians. What what's the joke? That they'll start eating bugs to get their like their iron up and that sort of shit like
0: some protein in their in their diet. So, you know what? Why not? You put some uh, for you you put some ranch on there Phil. It might not might not be too bad. Oh yeah. Although some- <laughs> deep fried roaches with some yeah. ranch on it yeah, yeah i'm sure it'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> after you know three blue moons they probably taste pretty good
1: oh yeah well who knows i mean i've said it before if you put enough butter and salt on a plate i'll fucking eat it so it's <laughs> i don't mind like honestly like so there's some people who are like super picky with their foods like i'll pretty much eat anything i was going to say he was talking about the eternity diet it would be great if his eternity diet was just three meals a day of ambrosia salad. And then he oh. died of diabetes after like two years.
0: <laughs> well, that has condiments, Phil. You can't. The sauce on that is a condiment, right? So you can't have that. Ambrosia salad.
1: It's one of those. I think it's like a southern dessert type. Kind of like the salad. And oh, the, yes. You know, the dessert. fucking. The thing the, is. The
0: marshmallows, right?
1: Yeah, the marshmallows, the pink marshmallow kind of salad.
0: Yeah, yeah. If yeah. I, you know, obviously my grandma and stuff love that shit. I, I just yep. couldn't do it. It's super sweet, yeah. But the thing is,
1: ambrosia was uh, like the Greek gods, basically the food that they ate. It gave humans more immortality. That's kind of what I thought you were going for.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't know
1: that. Um, yeah. Plenty of Xena, Warrior Princess, and and Hercules I watched when I was a kid. They were
0: big fans of ambrosia salad, huh?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I guess so, yeah.
0: Now, preparing your body for immortality was only one part of the equation. You also needed to train your mind to be immortal as well. Schaefer would tell his followers that all their problems and ailments in life were caused by what he referred to as destructive thinking. He claimed that all illnesses, both mental and physical and death, were simply byproducts of destructive thinking. If one simply never thinks about getting sick or being hurt or even dying, then those things will just simply not happen to you. You have to just (laughs) always think positively and you will never succumb to an illness. That is basically the secret, yeah. right there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, these, all these things are all the same, man. Like, I swear, I yeah. see shit like this. I well, for me, Instagram. I see shit like this on there. Like, oh, if you're a vegetarian, then you're whatever. Or just don't ever think about the bad things in life, and then they just don't exist.
1: Yeah, it's one of those deals where. I mean, I could see it with, like, cancer. So if you're constantly worried that you're going to get cancer, then that causes stress in your life. Stress may increase your risk of getting cancer. So it's one of those situations. Problem is, I don't know if it's, like, proven that, like, high stress causes cancer. It's kind of like it's believed to be correlated, but I don't know if it's, you know – as proven well, as like smoking well, or sun exposure.
0: Well, I think what probably it would in that realm would be is that high stress lowers your immune system, so thus you are more susceptible to either the cancer, you know, growing faster, or you're getting sick from some other illness. High stress can literally cause hives on your body. It can cause canker sores in your mouth. It can co- you know, like it yeah. can do a lot of shit to your body. So I totally get that. Um, I I feel like it's. For, I can't even imagine existing in where there's never a single stress in your life. Could you? Um, I mean,
1: I live a pretty stress-free life. I don't it's kind of I you know um, you do you do get agitated like I, what's that I see you do get agitated sometimes right oh yeah I get fucking I get pissed at things yeah no yeah, but, I mean it's the kind of not allowing myself to get super stressed about like I let it out right away if I'm pissed about something I'm just fucking you know I let it out I play a lot of uh like if I play NBA 2k K. That game, you know, I'll yell at the TV. I always feel better after I play because I always (laughs) swear at the TV, you know, curse God, curse the makers of the game, that sort of thing.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, Maybe you are partially on the way to immortality.
1: Yeah. Also, I'm happy with my uh, meager peasant lifestyle. So I have more than enough money to get by and uh, I'm good, you know?
0: Yeah. You live a simple life. You're a simple man. Yes. There you go. There you go. Now, as the leader, Schaefer, he would have people refer to him as, quote, the messenger. That was his title for himself. He claimed that his knowledge of the metaphysical was so powerful. He could read people's mind. He could cure any illness that any person had and... If you were to really get on Schaefer's nerves, he could completely dematerialize your entire being, and he was also able any object that existed, he could just dematerialize it.
1: Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> Dear God.
0: What um does Star Trek have dematerialization? They
1: do, so <laughs> they have the transporters. Uh, They also have uh, certain types of guns that are called disruptors that basically um, like break apart your your cell material type deal. Uh, It's kind of like one of those. It's not like like the weapons that Starfleet uses have stun settings and and kill settings. Uh, The weapons that I believe it's like the Romulans and the Klingons use are disruptors where they're meant to torture you and kill you type situations.
0: Oh, okay. Maximum pain. So basically, he has this in his head. Mm -hmm. He can just dematerialize anything, just evaporate. You turn you back into nothing. It reminds
1: me of that South Park episode where it was the (laughs) Battle of the Psychics. Where (laughs) Cartman Cartman said that he was psychic and then all the psychics were, you know, come in to attack him for, you know... Stepping in on their territory. So they're all having like a psychic battle back and forth. (laughs) Kind of reminds me of that. I I hope that they did something like that.
0: I hope so. I hope so. I hope Chris Angel came in and took him out because he is clearly the most powerful. (laughs) Who is the most popular? uh,
1: John something. John Edwards. John Edwards. Yeah. He was the one who had the big TV show that they made fun of. Yeah. That guy.
0: I have looked... Like, when I'm starting to do my episode, I swear to God, I have looked at him probably like three times. They keep his Mm. shit pretty tight-knit, so it's hard (laughs) to, like, get the good shit, but one of these days, John Edwards, I'm going to find it. Talk about a con man's con man. Yeah. Just (laughs) so much has come
1: out about, like, his tactics and the crowd work and shit that they did, but I was going to say, for this guy, uh, getting back to him- um, Definitely, you can kind of see some of those con man materials. It's called cold reading. Yeah. Uh, something that John Edwards did really well. Uh, basically, it sounds like he's doing that with reading people's minds. The curing illness thing. Um, there's a lot of these like mega church pastors who do the same thing where it's kind of like. You after church, you feel good. So if they healed you of something, you leave feeling good as if you were cured of your your illnesses. Maybe you weren't really cured. Maybe you didn't really have an illness. But, you know, you thought you believed in his power enough that it kind of, you know, the placebo effect jumped in there. The dematerializing people, um, you know, I I'm surprised no one called him on that, but <laughs> you know, people were probably worried. If, True. <laughs> if they were his followers, you know.
0: True, this guy is an asshole, but he's kind of suave and I kind of think it's funny, but uh, <laughs> but uh, let me continue on here. Now, by the 1930s, the cult had swelled to thousands of followers. One site said there was 10,000 people who were like involved with this, so most of them were middle-aged women. Apparently, said women were quite (laughs) fond of Mr. Schaefer, and it would be very common to see them hugging and kissing him on a regular basis. Uh, Schaefer would later later tell people who asked about it, quote, I can't deprive them of that. It's their aspirin. (laughs) (laughs) What a pimp? (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say, it's pretty suave. I can't even lie. I cannot fucking lie. Now, additionally, there was a inner circle of all male members, kind of like the, you know, the tightest of the tight of the cult there. Yeah. They would call themselves the storks and adorned diaper pins as lapel emblems to signify their position within the cult. So anybody who knows cults, um, you usually have a sex fiend... Leader, uh, I think yep. Schaefer's got that. Then you have an inner circle, um, who kind of control everybody else, and you have that with the storks. Yep, then usually you get like
1: a larger band around them that they control, who are kind of like the soldiers of the group who keeps everyone in line. But yeah, the storks, you always see, um, even with the mega churches, you're or the those kind of the really big cults you'll see like uh like the main men kind of deal. And they're always in on it a little bit and they kind of understand what's going on and they're using that to their advantage. Yeah. You know, little pinheads of opportunity kind yeah. of situation.
0: Yeah. I don't know this is so weird because there's not really any like nobody ever talks to ex members or like gives <clears throat> their opinion on like what happened. It's almost like this thing just happened for, you know, a decade, two decades, bloomed up and then just collapsed. So um, it's a very strange cult. Maybe it's with the timing kind of, you know, uh, we'll we'll get to the end of it. But, you know, it's kind of like the Great War or the World War Two's kind of right follows right after it. So maybe that's kind of why I got it forgotten a little bit. Now, I will say... There are
1: ebbs and flows to kind of like the spiritualism movements, the new age mysticism, that sort of like we do, like we've talked about it before, like during the mid eighteen hundred, there was a lot of, I wouldn't, maybe like people who believed in like talking to ghosts and that yeah. sort of thing. Then there was like big evangelical movements, uh, you know, Satanism came around kind of nowadays we live in kind of this new age, kind of like Wiccan. Uh, like a naturism type type religion. You see a lot. People make fun of them. Uh, Basically, (laughs) the chicks who are really into crystals, that sort of shit.
0: My favorite with like the new age stuff is where you see somebody who you can tell they're kind of into Christianity, probably because of their family and they don't want to like break off of that. But they still are like touching astrology or crystals or talking about energy flows and shit. Um, Like they want to be with that, but they can't let go of their Christian roots. Do you know what I mean? Not until grandma dies and then they can
1: stop going to church pretty much. That's,
0: yeah. Yeah. Then they can go. That sort of thing. You know, do little rituals in the woods and dance with their titties out and whatever they want, but they got to wait till grandma Goes to the great yep. beyond before that happens.
1: Saturday night, titties out in the woods with the girls. Yeah. Sunday morning, in church with grandma wearing Sunday best. <laughs> yeah. That sort of
0: <laughs> titty's buried under many sheets of clothing at church. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The duality exactly. of titties. Um, <laughs> now, like a all this shit sounds amazing. Um, really cool stuff. But we got to remember, no good cult is complete without a way for them to accrue uh, quite a bit of money, right? Now, Schaefer's method of raising money, he would sell stuff that were called, quote unquote, friendship certificates that you got to put yourself in 1930s money. It had a base price of $100. You could give more if you wanted. But the minimum was $100. So if you paid, you'd get the fellowship certificate. You would also receive a check signed by Schaefer himself in the what the the bank that the check belongs to. He wrote this is exact quote, the inexhaustible bank of the infinite in universal minds. It was dated. Okay. <laughs> it was dated eternal Now. And where you would write kind of like the currency amount on the check, it said, ideas and everything desired with no limitations. Mm -hmm. So this is a groovy, groovy check. Now, if you can't afford a fellowship certificate, they do offer a cheaper option. You can go ahead and purchase a love offering for $5. Uh, Schaefer also had... Something for the kids of members so they could kind of get involved with it as well. Uh, he he, For the kids, he had something called the Cosmic Network. For the kids to join, they had to donate one cent stamps to the cause. Mm. So he's got the whole family um, giving money to him. Yeah, definitely. And then that whole Cosmic
1: Network things <laughs> gets the kids used to yep. like donating money when they become adults and they start making real money. Uh, so I don't know. You're not too – with the Mormon Church, you're not too familiar kind of with how they do it. They have things called charter schools out here that the Mormon Church will run. And basically when they're teaching the kids in these schools about – uh, this is what my my nephew is saying. He went to a charter school that was ran by Mormons. So what they say about kind of like for finances, you know how in home ec class they would have us kind of um, figure out finances, like how much your how much your car is going to cost, how much your rent's going to be. Yeah, like kind of like a, a monthly balance situation for when you get a job when you're older. You know, you can use that. Well, in these schools, it was mandatory that you put ten percent tithing into your financial like situation
0: to you donate. What I'm saying to the church.
1: Yeah, so like, so say, so say you had like four thousand dollars a month, um, for you know your total income, uh, you had to figure out like. Okay, you know, mortgage is this month, car is this much, cable is this much, and also 10% tithing is this much, you know, that sort of thing. So basically, it's one of those deals where they kind of like, you know, put it into your head that you will do that. I can imagine that's kind of the same
0: thing. Do you but think- Get them used to paying money early. Do you think the tithing, the percentage um, goes off the gross income or after tax income? Oh, I imagine, I I would imagine it's gross.
1: Okay. But I have no idea. Okay. Uh, like, the particulars of it, <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, I would imagine they want the gross, because you get a few extra bucks yeah. that way. <laughs> Definitely, yeah.
1: It is, I mean, as far as, like, it's not really, it's not a fraternity, but it kind of works like a fraternity. So, like, a lot of these religions like especially if they're really big in like a town or a part of a state uh it will be like a network where maybe you can get like a better job or you know find yourself in a better better financial situation ah. maybe that 5 to 10% you know money that you give to the church might actually work out for you cuz you'll make more in the end but a situation like catholic church where it has real no but be- like no real benefit no. for you no no Yeah, I wouldn't. I would
0: definitely. Maybe, maybe uh, Scientology. I bet Scientology is great for that.
1: Oh, definitely. Especially if you're like an actor or kind of big like that. Problem with Scientology is it's a they don't care if you make a million dollars a year or a hundred thousand dollars a year, they're going to want three hundred thousand dollars a year. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, (laughs) yeah, like, oh, you don't have enough money, make more money, like that sort of thing.
0: Well, Here's the other thing with these organizations, like especially uh, Scientology, I think, and um, Mormonism. They have something that Schaefer dearly wants with all this income that's coming in, and that is that scrumptious tax-exempt status for his religious organization. He actually really tried to get this. Apparently, it went to even the Supreme Court uh, but the Supreme Court decided that his orga- organization was, in fact, not religious outside of, quote, the solicitation and receipt of funds. So I mm. thought that was kind of fun. The judge throwing a little shade at religions there. Um. <laughs> Definitely. The problem is he needed to be dead. He need to be
1: dead. That's get- the thing. To get if M he was status. dead, then they could have gotten the Texas M status possibly. So the problem is like Scientology. They got the status like after L. Ron Hubbard died. That sort of thing. Did they get it taken you away? Like, they no. Well, they almost got it taken away, but then they then they uh, they sent their little uh, mercenaries against the IRS, and they ended up getting it back.
0: Okay, yeah, that's right. I know there was something funky about that. Yeah, definitely. So kind of the deal is it's a cult. Like if there's
1: a um a powerful central leader who's kind of like the 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 father of the religion, if he's still alive, it's a cult. If he's dead, it's a religion. Religions get taxes and status. Cults get nothing. So that's kind of how it works.
0: <sighs> okay, so Heaven's Gate now does get to enjoy taxes M status.
1: Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, the aliens might still be alive out there on that. True. Or the, <laughs> true. Doe and T or whatever their fucking names are, they might, <laughs> might still be alive out there on that spaceship. So,
0: Man, I watched that HBO documentary about uh, Heaven's Gate, like the really in-depth mm. one where it has um, a lot of the surviving members on there. And I got to yeah. say, the look on their faces, how badly they wish they were dead, I just... It's kind of scary to watch to be like to be honest I would recommend anybody watch it on Max it's it, <laughs> I'm not I'm not being facetious here. The people are so sad that they're not dead with everybody else. It's almost insane. Well they missed the boat. They yeah. still
1: believe that that fucking that flying saucer came and grabbed all of the the people who sacrificed themselves and they didn't they're still here. On this miserable plane of yeah. existence.
0: In their, um, I forget what he calls it, like your vessel or something. You're in your yeah, human vessel or some shit like that. Yep. Continue on here. Your meat
1: soup. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now that Schaefer had a healthy amount of members, a huge sum of collected funds, he had to complete the final step in any good cult. He needed a compound. So on January... <laughs> So, on January 13th, 1938, his religious group purchased an 800-acre estate in Long Island that was originally called Idle Hour. It was the estate of William Kissam Vanderbilt and contained 110 rooms. It was originally built in 1901, apparently for $2.5 million dollars, but Vanderbilt passed away and the home kind of became abandoned, run down cuz nobody was living there. So Schaefer would manage to buy the property for $350,000 and any good cult, you got to name your compound and he changed the name from Idle House to Peace Haven. Pretty classy, okay.
1: huh?
0: Yeah, it's uh it's a
1: kind of a cool name. Uh, I will say, so William Kissam Vanderbilt, uh, that's the Commodore, correct?
0: I don't know. The robber baron? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Okay,
1: yep. All right. So I didn't know if it might have been like his son or somebody, one of his descendants. I'm not sure how long Vanderbilt uh, lived for. Obviously, you know, he can afford, you know, $2.5 million back then is a shit ton of money. But he definitely had that oh yeah definitely yeah uh it is i mean <laughs> that's the yeah the big thing like scientology is well that uh real estate yeah. huge into real estate now um this 800 pound or 800 acre compound um definitely is needed you very much have like a headquarters now centrally located kind of like Uh, a Mecca for everyone to come visit to 110. We have a gift shop.
0: Definitely a gift shop. (laughs) 110 (laughs) rooms. You can hold quite a few cult members in there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) The doors lock on the
1: outsides of those rooms though, not on the inside.
0: (laughs) Well, we're about to get to, um, one of the very important reasons for the purchase of this property, which, um, I'm going to tell you it's a little <laughs> it's going to be a little shocking here, Phil. Okay. Now, sometime in 1938, the Storks, they began to take out ads in local newspapers. They were searching for a pregnant woman or a woman with a extremely young child. Schaefer had created the idea that he wanted to make a quote "immortal baby." Eventually the group would be contacted by a woman named Catherine Gnut, who was a waitress from New York City, she had a red-haired, blue-eyed daughter named Jean Gnott. Catherine would claim later that she was too poor to even feed Jean at the time, so she offered to let Schaefer raise the child. Uh, One would expect that maybe Catherine was like a member or knew somebody in the cult or something like that, but... She had no idea what it was. Um, She didn't even know it was a cult. For some reason, she offered to give the kid to Schaefer, which is a little weird. Yeah. um, Depths of the Great
1: Depression, 1938, uh, just before World War II, kind of like the big uh, rush of jobs came up. So I wouldn't imagine it's too hard to find a... um, you know, a woman who needs the money type situation. We give up. The uh, also, kid. too, there was a lot of people shipping kids around, uh, really? like giving their kids to families, trying to get them, you know, a place to live with their relatives, sort of situation. Sending your kids out to the farm, basically, to make sure that they're fed and get them out of the city where there wasn't any, you know, where the family didn't have enough money to pay for kind of deal, support them.
0: Okay, it didn't say that they gave her any money for baby Jean, but I'm assuming there had to be some sort of financial transaction for this child.
1: Oh, some compensation. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: Now, like I said, he had this very big mansion, uh, and Schaefer saw this as a perfect spot to raise Jean according to the beliefs of the cult— Now, I want everybody to keep in mind, Jean was only three months old at the time of uh, Schaefer getting her. So this is damn near fresh out of the womb. So Mm -hmm. the plan was that baby Jean would have her very own private nursery within the mansion and would have a nurse who would be attending to her 24 hours a day. Jean would subsist off this legendary eternity diet that's all she'd be allowed to eat ever the plan was to make sure that baby Jean would never learn or hear about any of the destructive words that would be detrimental to one's health Uh, they would not teach her what disease or death are or getting sick or any of that so technically so in their mind she would never have any of them Um, they did say though as a thing of kindness, as time progressed, they were going to inform her about the evils of alcohol, tobacco, coffee, tea, mustard, vinegar, and seasoning your food. So they're going to kind of plan like a slow roll out of that, but they're going to be like, you don't need that because that's evil.
1: Yeah, especially mustard. That that (laughs) went terrible for you. I'm pretty sure a vegan diet for an infant would be like absolutely horrible. Yeah. For them. That would yeah, that would be okay. basically is, malnutrition is, supercharged.
0: Is well, I assume I don't I would assume they have to give them give her formula or have one of the members who is currently breastfeeding feeding Jean until a certain age, right?
1: Yeah, there would have
0: to be you like
1: cuz what are you feeding them? Like ground up broccoli or something like that <laughs> like in a paste. Uh, You it's yeah, there would have to be um, some sort of situation like that formula back then. I don't really know what that consisted of if there was kind of like the formula we have today. Yeah. Back then. But like, uh, yeah, uh, something something along that line.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't just start giving a three month old baby vegetables. Yeah. No, that wouldn't work. They don't even have teeth. Yeah, Yeah.
1: they wouldn't be able to process it in their stomach. No, absolutely not.
0: Now, as I said, the ultimate goal was for baby Jean to eventually grow up into this like perfect embodiment of all of the principles of the cult. Uh, Schaefer wanted her to know that this is exact, exact quote, immortality can be actually achieved, not as a ghost or a spirit. Schaefer would boast about his care for baby Gene by saying, I can think of no child outside of royalty who might have had a better start in life. (laughs) Uh, One source claims that the group, they actually approached organizers for the 1939 World's Fair to reopen the Westinghouse time capsule so they could put a copy of Gene's footprints inside of it. Apparently, this capsule... It's supposed to be opened after 5,000 years. That would put it at the year 6939 and they believed that Jean was still going to be alive and she would want this to look back at her old footprints. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, they were denied. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, first
1: of all, let's talk about this time capsule. That is awfully optimistic. Sixty-nine thirty-nine. I don't think the planet's gonna live much past the next century, for it's just a burnt-out cinder. Yeah. But um, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Well, we all know how well the Dare program did about yeah. telling us about the evils of alcohol, tobacco, and drugs, and how none of us ever did any of that stuff. You know, after they told us that. So it works. Yeah, you know, definitely, definitely that works. Um yeah, the how how a 5000-year-old Jean would want her footprints back <laughs> at 6939. I suppose she would be pretty famous by then, being yeah, 5000 years old and all.
0: Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ, 5000 years. Can you met ma- Okay, so this time period people are still, you know, there's cars, but there's still people with horses. And if you're Mm 5,000 years in the future, you're probably, like, fucking teleporting places or something if humans are still here. Um, Humans might have advanced
1: towards, like, the fifth dimension by that time if we keep going on this path. There's no, (laughs) like, there's no limit. Like, in a few hundred years, we're going to be, like, transported, like, thousands of years from now. Who knows? Unless we fuck it all up and have to restart the clock again.
0: So. That is true. That is true. I guess we don't know. Maybe only Gene will know in the future. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Definitely.
0: Now, at some point, Schaefer, he wanted to make it official, and he wanted to legally adopt baby Gene as his own child, but for some reason, it never worked out for him. Uh, after being in the custody of the cult for 15 months on Dece- in December of 1940, strangely... Jean was returned back to her parents' custody. Schaefer would say, quote, now the parents have adjusted themselves and want her back. The truth is that Mrs. Gannott had actually gotten a lawyer that sent the group an ultimatum that they needed to return Jean to her custody or whatever would happen. Coincidentally, the same lawyer was also representing clients who were suing the cult for fraud. So, um, you know, he was like, no, 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 no. I, the parents are fine. Now I got to give the baby back. But the truth is, uh, the lawyers got involved. Yeah. A little pro bono work. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Good for the soul for the lawyers there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is interesting. I figured it was something, some situation like that. Either, uh, you know, beginning of World War Two, everyone, you know, if you wanted a job at the beginning of World War Two, you could pretty easily find one. So maybe they had gotten some money or there was this situation where enemies of the cult basically were supporting her now. That sort of deal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's interesting because the I don't know if the rules have changed for suing somebody, but apparently the lawyer was suing for grand larceny, which I thought was like a criminal charge am i Mm. incorrect about that like that i believe that's theft theft okay is that yeah it's theft but i'm saying like i didn't i thought you could sue people for a, a dollar amount or something um i didn't know you could like sue them for grand larceny maybe you can i don't know um you know what i mean like that feels like a criminal charge
1: yeah, like you're charged with grand larceny. Yeah. Um you I I suppose you could claim like damages or possibly that someone stole that money from you or, you know, bilked you out of that money and sue them for a dollar amount. Maybe that sort of situation. Yeah, like in um, modern
0: modern times that's how I feel it is.
1: Yeah, the state, the state presses charges of grand larceny. Um a person would charge would sue you for damages. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. Even damages of like lost income or lost money or, you know, someone <laughs> fucking you over basically.
0: Yeah. Either way, um, it eventually ended up with Schaefer being found guilty and he'd be sentenced to serve five years at Sing Sing prison. While their leader was in prison, naturally, this always happens. The cult mm-hmm. just kind of dissolved away uh, before Schaefer could be released from prison. While in prison, uh, Schaefer lost custody of the mansion because he was unable to make payments. <laughs> yep. After he he uh, got out, he tried to resume the cult, but it just he couldn't, you know, get any traction with it. So he instead he kind of opened education centers to continue to spread the knowledge of immortality. So he's trying a different route with it.
1: Yeah, definitely. So basically, he he found himself in a different time after yeah. he got out of prison. Also, I'm guessing that big dick energy didn't really translate once he was behind bars. No, um, No, I don't think see, so. What, what he could have done was he could have pivoted, uh, kind of made it so that like oh they're locking me away because i'm giving you that sort of thing and then maybe his followers could have used that to be like oh this messiah like figure uh they're you know they're trying to silence him from behind bars maybe he could have done that but he might have just burnt it out basically
0: yeah i think i i feel like when you lose your leader sometimes in these cults you kind Mm -hmm. of i don't like the the Constant brainwashing message kind of gets snapped and people like kind of come back to reality
1: Yeah, it is. It's kind of amazing that none of his storks wanted to pick up the mantle normally. There's one kind of at least one maybe two kind of uh, I guess you would call them kind of like the Zetas Uh, Not really the alpha but someone who's like wanting to step up in place of the alpha sort of situation it's amazing that there wasn't anyone who wanted to take the mantle of leader like away from him like while he was you know down on his luck in prison uh trying to kind of get the money for themselves the prestige for themselves
0: you know um could it be due to the timing a lot of the storks got sent to uh to fight in the war <laughs> frontline, baby yeah possible that's yeah. that's um. what I was thinking like maybe they uh are all dead in Europe or Japan somewhere possibly yeah, yeah they're <laughs> or yeah, they're on
1: some boat out in the sea. you can't really uh can't really spread the message too well
0: from there. Just imagine' them, like they're in I- Iwo Jima... And They're charging up and they're like, I'm immortal, you can't kill me. And then they just get blown to smithereens.
1: <laughs> I don't need this damn helmet. They're taking off all their well, they didn't really
0: wear body armor back then at all. No, but uh, <laughs> no, no, that uh, the thin uh, cloth that they were wearing, I don't think protected against much,
1: yeah. The uh, you know, basically running into a hole full of Japanese soldiers just be like no no we don't need to smoke them we don't need to burn them out i'm just gonna go in there and just (laughs) execute them one by one and they just get torn apart by machine gun fire the moment they stick their head up
0: no charlie says he's immortal he's got this guys don't worry he's gonna take care of (laughs) them.
1: they're so fed up with them. They just let him go. Yeah, Yeah, no, no, I believe
0: you, you got this. Get out there. (laughs) I keep trying to tell general MacArthur about how we can make an immortal army and he won't listen to me. (laughs) We need to stop eating all
1: this canned ham. Start just eating vegetables,
0: (laughs) carrots and cabbage. (laughs) Now this is kind of crazy. I think a crazy ending here. Um, He would continue to, you know, have these education centers and kind of try to spread the message all the way up until 1955. On April 26th, 1955, the bodies of James Bernard Schaefer and his wife, Cecilia Schaefer, were found in their car that was parked outside of one of their schools. Apparently, they had decided to kill themselves by running a vacuum cleaner hose from the exhaust and have it coming through the floorboards of the car they left a detailed suicide note for their daughter about how exactly they wanted her to continue to operate their schools they put as a reason why they decided to end their lives as quote no other way out so as a man who preached immortality he very clearly is not immortal Oh, definitely. Well, that's obvious. But uh, he must have been
1: so tired with his future immortality that he wanted to end it all at, uh, what
0: is that, the age of... I think he was 67.
1: 57, 58, something like
0: that? Uh, I think he was 60-something. No, you're right, you're right, you're right. Hold on. on.
1: Yeah, because he was born in eighteen ninety-six. 1896. So, yeah, he was just coming up on... Uh, 59 years yeah so yeah yeah but with the i mean think about with the prospect of immortality in front of you you know you just gotta you know gotta get out he decided you know his time
0: had come He was probably aging quite a bit and he didn't need no one his students to see that he in fact was not immortal it's amazing too yeah there's this detailed letter informing his daughter how to continue to run the school after they just <laughs> killed themselves like Jesus Christ. I'm sure... Can you imagine how bossy they were as parents? Oh, God. Yeah, you would think that the suicide
1: note would say something about, like, how much they love their kid or how much, you know, how sorry they were or something like that. We're we're sorry for deceiving all these people. Instead, it's just a how-to on how to continue their fucking con job.
0: (laughs) I'm guessing the daughter didn't keep up with it because I've never heard of this place ever again, so... (laughs) yeah i'm sure it was a very freeing moment for her <laughs> <laughs> now this is uh we're gonna kind of end it here i'm sure everyone's kind of wondering like what happened with little baby Jean ginault after her time with the cult well apparently she went on to live a very normal life um after being returned to the custody of her parents Jean decided she wanted to kind of live in private. She didn't want to do interviews. She didn't want to answer any questions. She didn't want to talk about the time with the cult or anything like that. So there's really not much information about her. The only thing I found is in 2002, they must have found her somewhere. And apparently she is happily married, has children of her own. But one thing remains unsolved, Phil if she's actually immortal or not we don't know well you know, know if she if she even had a sip of coffee she's fucked yeah so yeah. yeah yeah so we don't really know i don't even know if she's still alive she could be night now probably not right 1938 39 she's probably dead she, now uh possibly i mean she would be 80 she was born in what 30
1: 38, it's 23. So she would be like 85 ish years old, I think. Yeah, I guess si- I guess off the top of my head. So I mean she could still be alive.
0: Yeah, that's true. And if she's immortal, I mean if she's got fucking almost, let's see, four thousand nine hundred and like fifteen years left.
1: <laughs> that is true. She does have to live to uh see her baby's baby oh no, her baby footprints were never put in that capsule. Were no. They? She'll never know what they look like. <laughs> That's true, but she will be able to see what else is in the capsule. That sure, is true. I'm sure the people of 6,900 and whatever are going to be real impressed by the bullshit that they put in there. So,
0: Oh, man, there's a book in here called How to Influence Friends and Meet People or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a book on eugenics. How, wow. how timely. <laughs> wow. Okay, guys. Wow. Who put this in here? <laughs>
1: All these non-corporeal beings just looking over this shit like uh <laughs> those morons in their meat suits.
0: God, can you imagine five thousand years from now, like the people looking at what shit they put in there in 1939? <laughs> like they probably put a fucking light bulb in there and like, whoa, look at this advanced technology, guys.
1: Look at we were advanced too. See, see what we had?
0: <laughs> it's called a radio. <laughs> <laughs> it gets so many channels you can listen to the sports shows on it um yeah so it's a gl- it's a glow in the it's a glow in the dark wristwatch it's just poison
1: the whole casing with radium yeah
0: <laughs> the the six, year six thousand people are like why is this thing clicking so much when we go near it <laughs> uh yeah. but um phil you ever heard of this cult or this guy no, I haven't definitely uh, buried in the
1: we've obviously had much bigger cults yeah. just over the past, what, 30 years. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's not a surprise. I mean, possibly if we were born kind of around this time, we may have heard of it. But I mean, with Heaven's Gate, Waco, uh, you know, Branch Davidians, obviously not Waco. But, you know, like we've had so many kind of big ones, especially during like the 70s and 80s pop up that there's no way it would have got like buried to the footnotes of the history of
0: cults here's what i've noticed with cults if they don't have either murder or like extreme sexual abuse they usually don't get talked about
1: yeah and it didn't have like a big climactic ending this one just fizzled out yeah and just kind of petered away until it was nothing i mean think about like waco like, you know, that huge, huge moment at the end. Uh, obviously, Heaven's Gate, when they all killed themselves, were in their Nikes, that sort of thing. Uh, there's so many big ones. Uh, the one in well, Jim Jones, the big suicide yeah, where they all, temple. you know, or, or were murdered, you know, a lot of them didn't take the Kool-Aid by choice. But it's one of those situations where if it doesn't have a, a big ending, we don't really, you know, like there's no huge ending to the story. It just kind of fizzles away. No yeah. one cares about it anymore.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's po- it, I feel like it's such a crazy belief and that so many people got sucked into it and clearly you'd have to have some money to actually mm. like be involved in it. So it wasn't necessarily for the lower income people. I mean, $100 back then was a, quite a bit of money.
1: $100 during the Great Depression was quite a bit of money.
0: Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I guess if people wanted immortality, then they probably would have signed up.
1: Yeah. And it, it always seems like the, well, obviously the people with the best lives are always looking for immortality. You know, trying to uh, live as long as they can and get the best medical treatment, all that stuff. But I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. You think about like what, like what do we have today that kind of goes along with you know this kind of shit back then? Um, it seems like really a lot of the a lot of the self help people can't quite get the traction that he's getting. Um, maybe it's because of all the media we have now kind of shines up on you know, people like Schaefer or maybe it's because we've seen con men like them so often before that they kind of have to stay low key with their promises. That sort of situation.
0: The thing I've noticed um, is they're either nowadays, they're really small or Mm. there's just so many of them. There's so many of these people that it's like, if there's too many of them, you can't get too many people at one time.
1: Yeah, it is. It is a very crowded market. Yeah. The the, uh, Instagram and TikTok, the internet self-help gurus, um, like flooded social media a few years ago. Uh, They really don't make the big promises, though. They're not promising you immortality. They're not promising you, you know, like superhuman ability. They're basically just saying, like, you'll live a better life in your later years, you know, better, whatever they call it, like their vitality. That kind of stuff, you know. You'll be able to get it up. That's what they're promising you, (laughs) you know, that for dudes. I think- You'll be able to get it up and women won't age as much, you know.
0: I think actually another thing is stuff like this has morphed into like secret fitness techniques that only they have knowledge of. Oh,
1: yeah. The people who have the big, uh, you always see the advertisement, dude who's like, stop doing cardio, do this instead. I'll sell you the- you know, for whatever amount of money, the secret to losing weight and building muscle, that kind of deal. So they've all got the secret.
0: Actually, there is now that you mentioned it, there's one guy I can think of who actually just got exposed recently. Um, There was the liver king, the guy, the the guy who said he got big just from like eating nothing (laughs) but raw meat and all this other shit. Never wiped his ass. Yeah, and then it came out as he was jacked to the gills with steroids. It was like $30,000 a month in steroids. Definitely, yep. But he said, you know, it's just for his low testosterone has nothing to do with trying to get jacked or anything. (laughs) I'm like, dude, you would have been better off just admitting this is what you're using.
1: Yeah, it's... I don't know. There are... Quite a few people like that who always I mean, for years and years, a lot of those guys, Hulk Hogan for God's sakes, claimed to be clean. Like until it came out, they're like, Yeah, like I use steroids. Just let everyone everyone else in the industry used steroids, you know, like baseball, football, a lot of the sports. They claimed to be clean, and then eventually they just came around and said, Of course we're not clean. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah.
0: Especially in the eighties. We're learning the eighties oh, yeah. and like early nineties holy shit with the steroids oh any drugs to keep
1: them out <laughs> anything to keep them in the game yeah 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 Talking about like painkillers horse tranquilizers somas just anything
0: <laughs> <laughs> and now you just gotta do what time brady did and you're pretty close to immortal
1: <laughs> the blood of the youth yeah, yeah definitely
0: yeah <laughs> all right well phil if anybody else knows the secret to immortality where can they contact us with their instructions they can hit us up on our email
1: subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com i haven't actually been able to i just now have gotten back on Uh, i haven't been able to see the email for a few days so if you did email us i'm sorry i'll try to get back to you uh you can also get a hold of us on our Instagram, Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. Uh, definitely love to hear from everybody on that. Any ideas you have for episodes, greatly appreciated. We may even use those ideas if they don't suck. Uh, Cody also has an Instagram account. Cody, what is that?
0: Yeah, you can follow me at Cody Thank you to everyone who's, uh, who talks to me or send me, sends me ideas or just uh wants to send us a positive message about the show. We greatly appreciate that. The last thing we ask you guys to do is log on iTunes leave a show a five-star review. Doesn't particularly matter what you say. Just type some horseshit in there. Uh, hit five stars, hit submit. We greatly appreciate anyone who's taking time to do that for us. If you're a Spotify listener, it's even easier. You just hit five stars, hit submit, and then you're done. That's all you got to do. Thank you to everyone who's taking time to do that for us. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed a little old-timey cult that has been forgotten and is kind of funny. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.